Hello everyone and welcome back to the Boat Talk. On today's episode I have Jailbroke Tesla, a very long awaited episode. I'm excited to go ahead and jump into it with my boy. The first question we're going to ask him, how did you find out about the reselling scene? Uh, yeah, so first off man, before we get started, I just want to say uh, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be uh, featured on this podcast. Of course, uh, man. I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Uh, and you know, I've checked out previous episodes and it's an honor to, um, yeah, just be featured among, uh, yeah, the communities, uh, obviously, uh, some very talented people. So just wanted to get that out of the way and say, thank you for hitting me up. Definitely. Man. Um, it was long away. Like yeah. I said, in the intro, you know, I've always wanted to reach out to you. I think I was trying to put some space in between episodes so people didn't find it repetitive, but I'm really glad sure. we managed to, uh, jump on and obviously uh, schedule this episode now rather than just like push it on with the rest i feel like if we for can sure. give episodes their own little spotlight for a few weeks then it's better but yeah uh, for sure yeah yeah so to answer your question man um uh, and i'm probably going to show my age right off the rip but uh let's see dude um how did i get into the reselling scene so being a designer um years ago probably six or seven years ago, um, right as I was starting to get into design, uh, I started a streetwear label. Um, so long ago, it's not even worth mentioning. Like the clothes were trash, but I feel like it's like what every, every single like designer who's interested in streetwear and sneakers does first. Like as soon as they get their MacBook Pro uh, and their first copy of Photoshop, they're like, yo, I'm going to make a clothing brand. Um, so that's essentially what I did. Um, and it, it had some success locally. We ended up, uh, you know, selling in stores, a few stores locally. Um, but what it really did was woke me up to like the business aspect of streetwear and sneakers. Um, and I was eventually rubbing shoulders with some of like my city's biggest resellers. Um, so, yeah, I kind of got into it that way. Uh, and it's interesting, dude, like this was uh, a few years before StockX. Um, and, and most people know this, but uh, StockX just like completely revolutionized uh, and changed how, how reselling has been done. So so long story short, man, uh, you know, I kind of got into streetwear, sneakers, uh, and then through that, um, low key, I had a... a eventually ended up making a Instagram account. Uh, and I was like selling a lot of Supreme through Instagram for quite a bit of seasons. I think it might've been like two or three years where, uh, I was just flipping Supreme. This was back when like Supreme wasn't even that big. Um, and I hate to say it, man, but the profit margins, uh, before stock X, you hear people talk about this, but like, man StockX really really like bricked a lot of stuff yeah um, definitely continues to do so but yeah man i was making like pretty good money just like selling whatever and i was dude it was all manual i was cooking everything manually i don't know i don't know who was buying this shit on instagram but uh yeah that's that's kind of my story and how i ended up stumbling into all this and it kind of evolved from there 
Yeah, one of those elements that I didn't want to tap into because you're a UI uh, designer. I know there's a lot more stuff mm-hmm. there, but a lot of people pay attention uh, to your UI designs and your overall designs. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, before we continue with this episode, like he did a complete refresh for the bot talk. And just to explain my point of view of this, like I've never given anyone the bot talk to design, to do a redesign. I used my friend mm-hmm. Nick. He made me a design. I said, yo, no one's going to touch it because I don't feel confident enough in anyone to keep the design to its core but also refresh it and uh, jail managed to do it completely like he refreshed it that's the exact same words that i'd use and it looks amazing in my opinion let me know what your thoughts are in the comments down below i really think it's a very uh due uh redesign you know we recently hit over ten thousand followers and it's been over a year since we've started so i definitely think it was due so also go check him out oh, yeah. for that because you know it was a it was a banging design but one of the elements that i did want to tap into of your answer, mm-hmm. you were speaking about streetwear. Now, when you have a UI mm-hmm. of a bot and you design it, you can kind of resonate with the fact that, okay, you created this UI of the bot, thousands of users are going to use this UI when you use a bot. But how is that feeling compared to designing uh, a design on a hoodie and seeing someone wearing it in the yeah. street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Um, yeah, man. And thank you for for trusting in me, giving me the privilege to, uh, uh, you know, flip, uh, give you like a, a brand refresh for the bot talk. Uh, I just want to say thank you for that. I'm happy with the way it came out too. Uh, I hope your listeners enjoy it. Uh, we didn't want to flip the script too much. Like you said, we wanted to kind of keep the same feel, make sure like, uh, from a marketing standpoint, it was still recognizable. Um, but yeah, man. So yeah, to answer your question, dude, um, that's really interesting because it's two different worlds, right? Like it's basically, uh, you know, designing for clothing, uh, which is like primarily obviously like print design, uh, versus digital design where it's just like on the web, uh, software design, people aren't only wearing it, but they're also like interacting with it, which is a whole other dimension. Um, I guess to kind of speak on that a little bit, dude, Um, so when I was growing up, um, I was kind of into graffiti and hip hop, uh, kind of being a little, you know, mischievous kid. (laughs) I ended up, uh, you know, kind of like figuring my, my life path out a little bit. And I said, Hey, what am I interested in? Like, it was like letters, uh, and art obviously. So kind of design was like the way to do that, uh, and make money off of it. Almost like. So I went, I, I have a degree in graphic design. Um, I would say my senior year of design school, I had a professor that basically let me know the writing on the wall was, uh, you know, print design. There's not going to be as much opportunity because we're all, you know, all we do, we, we're always on these devices, right? Like technology is like completely, uh, you know, taken over like our existence. Uh, so there's a lot more opportunity in digital design, designing for UX and user interface, et cetera. So I kind of shifted gears like my senior year, thank God, um, into like this, this more user experience design. Um, so what is the feeling like? I know I'm babbling on about shit, but, uh, yeah, man, it's super dope, especially like, so I have a full-time job completely unrelated to sneakers um, where I I design a mobile app um, and I won't go too far into that. Um, 
So that's one thing. And there, there, there are like a lot of users on that mobile application. But the design that I do for that, for my full-time job, man, there's business people, there's managers, there's lawyers, all there's like all this fucking, uh, you know, other parts that come into the, the design of it. So when people are using it, it's like, it's cool, but like, that's not how the way I would maybe personally design it, but that's the way it fits into their, their yeah, little. Yeah, so it goes through like a bunch of filters. For sure, yeah, for okay, sure. Okay. Man, and that's why I just like designing interfaces for sneaker bots, um, you know, and websites that are related to in the, inside the sneaker community has just been like so fucking cool. Um, just, I mean, you get to like just scroll Twitter and see their reactions. Um, and I forget, some bot developer told me this one time and it kind of stuck with me. I wish I could remember who it was. But uh, they basically said a few words about how like they feel privileged to be able to create software that you're ideally like you're spreading joy. Like people are maybe they're just doing it to make money, but like people getting checkouts like that is like people like enjoying your like product. So just to be involved in that uh, process like is awesome. Like it's it'd be cool. It was cool to like, I used to go to like a local hip hop show and see like somebody wearing like a t-shirt from the brand that we were doing. And like, that was cool and shit. But um, I mean, think about the audiences like Wrath or, or Palace Bot. Um, like the audiences are just so much bigger. And I think yes. it's more of a personal thing, like interacting with a piece of software versus like throwing on a, a t-shirt, I guess, because you think it looks cool versus like a piece of software that's going to like, make you money or get you a product that like is going to sell out within seconds. And like, I mean, that's even more of like a emotional impact, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, it's two different worlds. Like you said, it's creating like merchandise or brands and giving it out and obviously seeing people well, that's, that's cool. Like you said, but uh, a software that's designed by you that has a function to create thousands of thousands of dollars. We've seen plenty of people yeah. make livelihoods from this. I feel like that is a very, very um, enjoyable feeling. <clears throat> Sorry. Yes. Enjoyable feeling. And I feel like uh, not a lot of people realize that because obviously when I see Palace, but when I see Raf, I know that you had a hand in designing it. So I'm like, okay, this is his design and it lives on for X amount of time and people always see it. And it's an interesting concept because it's kind of different to developing a bot because obviously with developing a bot, it's essentially whatever you do dictates success, but designing it, it's like an everlasting thing. So like, in my opinion, the coverage of your designs is huge because if you think about it, you've got the success posts from every single user, mm -hmm. from every single release. Then you've got the videos, then you've got the uh, introduction videos. Like your, like if you think about it, your design, designs across the entire community could easily have hit billions of engagement views yeah and it's yeah. just insane to think about and that's a reach you can't really get uh, in real life with merchandise and stuff like that a absolutely man and like dude think about like uh with merchandising and clothing and streetwear like i mean like i don't know i'm a fan of off-white i'm a fan of uh you know all of the the, the larger brands but like I think I was like listening to an interview a long time ago. It was like, okay, like there's a lot of people like making dope shit, but like to really like have your brand, like your clothing brand pop off, like it really helps if you're Kanye's best friend, you know what I mean? Like, and like 
Virgil like kind of had that pathway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, I'm going off on crazy tangents talking about streetwear and shit, but no, it's interesting because uh, you know, yeah, it is. A lot of uh, designers in the community that I know don't have a full time job, and that's one thing I do want to get into. You're yeah. essentially like. I don't know if you are, but it, to me, it seems like you're living your dream, really, because obviously design is your passion. You have a full-time yeah. job that is design. You go online, you have an online hustle that is design. Like, every yeah. element of your life is something you like. And I feel like, you know, it's one of those things where people, f- throughout their entire lifetime, don't manage to get that. You, there's people that strive, go through yeah. sh- shitty jobs to get to that point. Yeah. And you've managed to secure it very early on in your life. So I, I'm very happy to see it. Thank you, bro. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like just hearing you say that, like, um, I'm blessed, dude. I mean, and like, I, I, I think that's one thing that I want to get across here is like, so that shit's possible, man. Like, all these people have access to the internet. Like, you, you're on an even playing field in a way. Um, you know, obviously, like education and college, like, obviously helps. Um, but man, like, dude. I worked at Starbucks. So I graduated from high school. Um, I worked at fucking Starbucks for four years. Um, and just like, I mean, Starbucks is a cool job and shit. Shout out Starbucks. But uh, <laughs> year four, man, I'm miserable, dude. I hate my life. I hate making frappuccinos. Uh, it was terrible. Um, and it took me to like reach that level of like miserable in a way uh, to just kind of take a a, a leap of faith and say, all right, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to college for graphic design. Um, so yeah, man, I'm like very blessed to like, f- and I, and I really appreciate like the opportunity that I have. Um, and yeah, dude, I honestly, I, I, I do feel like I'm living my dream in a way. Yeah, man. It's, it's amazing yeah. to see. I mean, one of the feelings that you brought up that, that miserableness and that sadness, I feel yeah. like on the leap of faith, that those are two pivotal points that I've, picked out as an entrepreneur i feel like everyone that resells bro you need those types of feelings you need to have that job that you don't like you need to feel miserable you need to come home tired and like just sore you need to be like yo i need to change my life i need to take a leap of faith and that's what a lot of people do that's what a lot of successful people do so i feel like having that at the back of your mind where you know you're tired you've been typing all day you know that your eyes are hurting from the computer screens you basically tell yourself that yo if i don't do this if i don't push this deadline i'm gonna go back to that and i don't want it so I yeah feel like it's it's a it's a good experience to have i feel like a lot of people need to have that so it keeps them going yeah i think like another like really important thing to like point out there is like okay now i'm doing design full-time um and like some some younger person listening to this who is interested in design who are, who's on twitter like doing design trying to grind it out uh i think it's important to note that the way I got my first actual design job, like outside of Starbucks, um, I, sh- I shared my portfolio of like all sneaker related shit. So, dude, if there's like kids out there that are like making UIs, making websites and they're in high school, like those are extremely valuable assets to like that that will open doors into like an actual well, I mean, I guess I could, you could end up doing that for your full-time career, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. people that definitely do that. Um, but if not that, you can get like a dope design job 
by leveraging the work that you did within the sneaker community. So, and that goes for like developers too, you know, like, um, man, you can get some like really, really high paying jobs, uh, being an engineer for like a big company. Um, and like, what better way to like craft those skills, uh, than like fucking around on discord, um, and like copying sneakers and streetwear and making money. So it's really a win-win, man. Like it's a very unique community that we have. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah. like we're we're not just sitting around like playing video games. Like there's video game communities like where they could lead to money, but like we are literally like building stuff. Like it's a whole community of like building these products, and I don't know, man. I'm just like very. Uh, I'm very proud to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, this community has a ton of good and bad aspects, but the one thing, the through line for this entire community is that everyone wakes up every single day and they said, yo, how am I going to hustle to the next yep. $50, $100, $200? And yep. I think this mindset is just training so many young people. I know we have a lot of young people in the community. I'm personally young myself. I'm only 17, but, mm-hmm. you know, when it truly comes down to it, this being in this community has matured me in such a way where if I wasn't in this community, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't have the yep. mindset I have and you yep. know, it really opens your eyes because we have a huge age range here we have people oh, yeah. that are like 15 making thousands of dollars you have people that are 35 developing bots yeah. it's it's yeah. interesting it's a definitely it's a very very small in my opinion very small community it's in its own bubble I don't think it's anything similar to any type of community I've ever been in or know of so but we did speak about the community and that is one thing I did want to push to you. How did you join this community? Because obviously we spoke about how you were rubbing uh, shoulders with reselling, uh, with resellers sorry, in your local area and that's how you got into Flipping Supreme. But how did you join the botting community? Uh, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so let's see, man. I mean, um, I, I, I think the simple question or the simple answer to that question is I came from... Uh, a somewhat established Instagram page, flipping Supreme. Um, and then I think there was like the rise of, uh, you know, my Twitter, I was, I think I was on sneaker Twitter at that time, but I was more like grinding on Instagram. Um, let's see, man. I think really what attracted to me to like actually getting into the community was, um, man, I, I'm sure there's going to be listeners that remember this group. It was called house of carts. Uh, yeah man and it was like yeezy mafia house of carts and like i don't know it was probably like a lot of their marketing that was working on me because i didn't know what the fuck was up but i was like damn dude like if i could only get in that group um i could start securing these yeezys and these other items that like I i was having more trouble uh securing so man it's kind of blurry dude because i'm trying to remember like how did I, when did I first end up in discord? So I, I I remember like how I got to Twitter. Um, but eventually I ended up on discord. It was probably some like public group. Um, and one thing led to another. Um, and then back in the day, man, I was like very early on. I noticed like there was a lot of bad design, uh, in, in the sneaker community, especially back then it's gotten a lot better. Now it's amazing. But, um, yeah, I noticed like, hey, I could design like a better logo than like what a lot of what these like established bots are 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 using. This is back in like Taskbot, uh, 
Taskbot, Heated Sneaks. I forget all those old ass bots. But um, yeah, man. So I, I think I just really ended up like trading logos for for access to product like a lot of designers do. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing I know, I, 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 uh, I was friends with this dude named Rocky. Uh, shout out Rocky. Um, he introduced me to Jason from Wrath. And back then, Wrath was an Adidas bot. Uh, some people know this. Um, some people don't. Um, yeah, and I think I, I did that Wrath logo, dude, like way early on. Like one of like the first logos I did. Um, and I just flipped. Most people know this, but it's an upside down Adidas logo. Uh, I don't even think I charged him money for it at the time. Um but yeah, next thing you know, man, it kind of became addicting because then you like watch the growth of Wrath. Um, and I think it was kind of off to the races from there, man. And I've met like so many amazing people and one thing kind of leads to the other. You work for one, you know, bot and somehow they see your work and it obviously just organically grows like that. Definitely. I mean, the reach in this community is amazing. I mean, when I did the first five bot talk episodes, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. people knew about it. it. Was kind of weird. I feel like yeah. um, word gets around about any type of project in this community, like yeah. especially graphic yeah. design work, because everyone. One element you did touch upon, and that's something I do definitely want to dive into further in this episode, is that back in the day, designs mm-hmm. were embraced to the point they embrace now. Like the standard of design, innovation, and overall production when it comes to. A bot is so much higher than it was two years ago. Like two years ago, I remember yeah. when, I, when I first joined Adept, that was my first ever row. I got them a motion intro and that's what kind of line, uh, landed me the job. I had, I yeah. hadn't seen anything like that. Like the, the botting scene on YouTube was de- like very quiet. There was no motion yeah. graphics. Like success posts were like success collages, but with a bit of text. Yeah. It, it was nothing yeah. near where it is now. Like yeah it's it's really interesting to see the innovation and development of the standard i'd say because the standard is a lot higher now and i'm very happy oh yeah yeah um yeah man like it's crazy that you say that i think about uh not only like better looking right but like also like i don't know some of those early bots were easy to use because like i don't know i think they were botting websites that were pretty simple to bot um but just like dude bots are becoming so much easier to use now as well like um i mean it's gonna reach a point where like i mean why why does a bot need to be complicated to use like why should there be why should there be a need for like setup guides and 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 all this like documentation um a good example of that is like this this new bot that i've been working with um is slap io which is this new supreme bot um man i'm i i use mech uh i use wrath those are all amazing bots obviously that goes without saying um but i remember like once i started working with slap uh dabod like slid me a key to uh use on the release and i i think i like it was like a brick release it was like a brick week so i like really didn't take wasn't like taking it that seriously so i think i like opened up slap like 10 minutes before the release uh and just dude like there are some things and there's definitely room to grow 
for across the board, but there were some just things like I click create a task. And then all of a sudden, like the products are all like the, the products are already preloaded. I, I click whatever item I'm interested in running tasks for. Um, I just think like Slap is doing an amazing job at that. And there are other like crazy opportunities, um, some that I know about that I can't really talk about that can really like we're so used to like the same way of like creating tasks um, and, you know, monitoring tasks and like, you know, changing proxies, et cetera. Um, but like, I'm so excited to like, dude, what are bots going to look like in 20 years? You know, if like, they're not illegal by them, but just like the usability evolution is still like, I think very like fresh and there's so much opportunity. So we're definitely at the beginning, I'd say, I mean, there's yeah. tons of ways to go. We spoke about AI before on the podcast and how that could be a, a feature within bots very soon. And to say yep. what bots used to look like three years ago compared to now, I can't even imagine what bots are going to look like two years from now. Because the community has changed completely. Like the whole standing, yeah. what's normal, what's like, yeah. it, it messes with my head. Because back in 2018, something like a bot flipping group wouldn't even be a thing. Like bot flipping in general wasn't like a huge public thing. Obviously, it still did take place. But like, yeah. Uh, this the whole community has evolved quite a lot like market manipulation back in the day it wasn't even called market manipulation people did it but it wasn't yeah, ever yeah. picked up on Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. Um, yeah, it's an interesting revolution or it's an interesting evolution um, how I kind of ramp things up. So like Wrath was way back in the day, uh, you know, when that logo originally happened. Um, I'm trying to think how it kind of how it happened in order of events. Um, so honestly, man, to like be honest with you, um, I took like a pretty extended hiatus and was like kind of it was basically like StockX bricked everything i couldn't sell yeezys for a profit um and i kind of took a step back for a couple of years and interestingly enough uh i'm in the united states covid hit the united states um like it hit everywhere in the world but in march man like my work set us all to work from home uh, it was winter. It was March uh, in Ohio. Next thing you know, dude, I'm trapped inside my house. Uh, you know, we're afraid to go anywhere. We're afraid to see family and friends. I had all this extra spare time. Um, so I kind of started like digging back into this, all of this kind of stuff, like getting back into the community. Um, so I think I, I come back and I end up somehow randomly uh, entering a, a friends and family group called Lev F and F owned by Levlos. Uh, I randomly like apply, get in next thing you know, I'm in the server. Um, long story short, there was this dude named Melly, uh, who, you know, obviously another huge designer in the community. Everybody is familiar with Melly's work. Um, he's a huge inspiration to me. He's in Lev 
Lev F and F and I'm just like watching him just like killing it. And dude, next thing you know, I'm like fucking hooked. And I'm like, yo, I like this shit is fun to design for. I'm super inspired. I can make money doing it. I'm trapped inside my house. Um, this is when hyper Rafflebot was like super hyped. Um, I was, I was like, I really wanted hyper. I really wanted to work with hyper. Melly worked with hyper. Um, I was probably spamming crest and dad bod and a shout out to the whole team at hyper. But, um, I end up like linking up with dad bod who worked for hyper at the time. Um, and I begged them to let me do a video for them. Um, and I think it, it was in talks of doing it for like a month. Uh, I was trying to, you know, be respectful and not spam their DMS too much. But finally I get the green light, uh, to do a hyper video, promotional video, uh, for hyper. Um, I worked my ass off on it. It was like still one of my favorite videos I've ever done to this day. Uh, I spent a lot of hours perfecting it. Uh, people might not know this. I did that free of charge, mm-hmm. um, for access to hyper. Um, cause they were, they cook, um, dude. And I, and, and I just remember that day when that video dropped on the timeline, I just like watching like my mentions going crazy. And all of a sudden it was like the first thing I really did that like actually kind of low key, uh, had like a pretty big impact. Um, and it was really that hyper video that dude just ended up like opening a bunch of doors. Um, at first I was like, from there, I was like really known for video. And I, I kind of fucked around and did like a few videos from there. Um, but I think eventually I was like, yo, like video is cool and stuff, but like, I can really like, um, like do some amazing things like with UI and UX and, and branding. So kind of from there, I don't know what happened, but, um, you just named her on the community pretty much. It was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what, that's what tends to happen really. I mean, like, uh, similar with these episodes, I wow six, they kind of popped off and then people were like, yo, this is big. This is like yeah. something we should pay attention to. And that's the exact, and that's the exact same thing with designers. If they see hyper working with you, they're going to be like, okay, this guy's cracks. So like, yo, we should yeah. keep our eyes on him. And that's what I did. I mean, when you first came to my timeline, I think it was for Hyper. It was, I think. Uh, I was paying attention to a lot of people back then because yeah. essentially for each season, what I was doing, I think end of March was the end of season one. And then I bought the tweet and basically yeah. for season two, I wrote a doc full of people I want for season two. And so far I've ticked off everyone. There's a few people left. Uh-huh, sure. But uh, you were on that list as well as some other people. And I was like... Uh, we should definitely bring on another designer for this season and essentially that's how it works really i mean i wouldn't arguably i wouldn't have found your twitter profile as soon like that soon if you hadn't worked with that big company and yeah obviously it works really well with leverage because as soon as you work with hyper loads of my projects start coming away i'm assuming oh yeah absolutely um it's kind of like it's kind of crazy sneaker twitter's kind of like really interesting and i'm sure everyone notices this but like there's a very much like a hive mind aspect to it like uh or like herd mentality like if somebody's like dope and like their name's kind of buzzing at that moment it's really like interesting how 
um like everyone kind of follows suit like obviously that's like happened like with your podcast it's happened with like i mean you could just you could just tell like um and even if like somebody is like exposed or like something negative happens like once mm-hmm. sneaker twitter is like done with you or like has a reason to like not fuck with you anymore like it's a very like collective herd mentality so like i think i just kind of like broke into that a little bit and people are like oh yeah like jailbroke tesla like he's dope um it was just kind of like a wave from there that i rode yeah i mean touching on the negativity thing we have individuals in the community that collectively people just don't fuck with and it kind of makes sense i mean i'm not gonna name names but there's definitely people that come to mind and as soon as that person comes on the timeline it's just negativity and obviously you know it's a case-by-case basis whether they deserve it or not what your ethical uh, standpoints on it i'm not going to get into that but it's that herd mentality it can be used for positivity and negativity so for sure man i mean like Like, uh sorry go on just something interesting that comes into my mind and i don't want to get too into it but like i feel like it's the last thing that kind of i went viral for was uh yeah man this that that like I don't even know if you should put this on the episode. It's up to you, but mm-hmm. um, that whole like real estate ah, uh, cook group. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you want me to get let's into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's go. Yeah, man. So like uh, I was offered a bag to basically P- PR for this group. Um, I've been interested in like learning to PR. Um, so it was interesting to me and I kind of realized like how much money I could make uh nothing against dude nothing against his whole operation he found uh a way to make money through the real estate market um but uh yeah man like so so most people that are understanding what i'm talking about uh remember what happened um but one person kind of called that person out for some like uh questionable previous behavior um and it kind of spun up that like this was his group and next thing you know man like every single tweet on the timeline was about this shit people were making memes uh and here i am man like uh just looking at my phone uh like this is my first like go at like pring at anything in my life uh so i kind of like try to navigate it a little bit and try to like plead his case yeah um, i know there's some things that yeah. you did like, I remember, because I was in the gym at the time, and at that time, we had scheduled this episode. So we were in DMs, we were talking. And oh, I was at the shit, gym, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> bro, I was like, I was just lifting. And I was like, I looked down at my phone, I'm like, what is going on? So oh, this dude's getting canceled, and then yeah. I noticed that you misspelled a tweet on purpose. Yeah. Bro, I was like, yo, this guy knows what he's doing. I don't yeah, know if this is going to last, but he knows what he's doing. But, I mean... We might as well talk about it. I, I'll, I'll state my opinion publicly because I have to other people. For sure. I mean, I saw some guy and it was literally a YouTube video that's publicly accessible. So, like, I don't deny the guy can, or the kid or the guy can make money yeah. from the re- uh, the market. There's no question yeah, yeah. there. You probably can, but you can't really resell public assets if I'm being completely honest. I mean, oh, for sure. For sure. No, no hate towards the guy. I'm sure, like, I'm sure with a better type of business model with your own content and own resources it would have worked for sure but like a lot of people in this community aren't looking to drop x amount of money 
into a real estate property and then have enough money to stay afloat until they flip it. You know what I mean? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I fully agree. I learned like a, I, I fully agree with you. You know what I mean? Like, and it goes into two things, dude. It goes into a, I learned a huge lesson that day. And I remember like some like OGs kind of pulled me aside and were like, yo, that's why you have to like look into everything thoroughly. Like before you like jump on and start like co-signing shit. Cause dude, I didn't really think about it too much. It seemed legit. Um, but yeah, man, the other thing I, the other thing that it taps into is like, there's some young ass kids out here like that don't understand, um, stuff like that you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. i mean uh bro yeah you gotta realize as well these kids i'm saying kids bro but the same age as me but like what i'm saying is some people don't understand that like, there's a lot of money in this game and like yeah once you experience it you just need to have a level head like one person that comes to mind is ability like he's 15 bro like i've i've sat in calls with him and he's more mature than most people i know to be honest and like it's and I see 17 year olds on the timeline even 19 year olds bro that don't have maturity don't have any level of respect it's for sure I don't know where it is maybe it's like a cultural thing maybe it's the way they've been brought up but like when you're in this community you are constantly 110% of the time representing the companies you work for and the company you own so Bro, if like tomorrow I tweet out some like weird stuff, yeah, talk sure. going down, latest is going down, any other projects I'm involved with, connections are being burnt. I think people in general need to be more mature towards the fact that this community ha- always has their eyes open. You know what I mean? There's people For getting sure. cancelled every single week in the community. So I feel yeah. like it's just something they need to keep in mind. Yeah, I agree, man, fully. Honestly, like, as I've kind of been growing um, and kind of understand, I'm kind of getting, I feel like to an- another little bit of like another step up now that I've kind of like um, that I've reached recently. I think that's one thing I'm really like kind of learning recently is like, yo, I can't be on Twitter, like talking all this wild shit. Like, um, and it's interesting. So like, dude, I, I do my best. Like I'll still like pop off every once in a while on some shit, but um but yeah, man, I represent these companies that I'm doing design for now. And I really need to like understand that. And it's not just like my personal Twitter account, like the people's livelihoods are like associated with, with what message I'm sending off into the world. Especially if I like want to talk about like being a marketing professional and like being a PR, um, that's definitely something I need to keep in mind. And dude, one thing that is interesting about that is like a lot of like the the very successful people in this community like go to their twitter man like they're not they're they're quiet you know what i mean like they don't have anything to prove they're not like there's nothing for them on the timeline versus like being productive and making actual like money moves um yeah i mean you know i put like personally for me how i'm section in the community it's more beneficial for someone like me to be on the timeline all the time and dropping these videos and stuff like that. But just because of my brand grows that way. Similar to you, it is, we're both in that position. But if you take someone like Lucas, for example, bro, doesn't right. need to tweet for six months. Like, it's fine. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, 
I'd personally want to get to a point where all my businesses are working, they're doing they're doing good, and I can just stay. I don't touch to it. Like I look at it, but I do. I don't want to touch it because, to be honest, there's a lot of negatives to it. So. Oh yeah. You know, what I mean, it's. I definitely want to get maybe within the next year. I definitely want to get to a point where like maybe I'm tweeting like once or twice a week. That's about it. Like I don't really want to touch it too much because it takes up a lot of time and there's so many dead end arguments and conversations oh, on there. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> it's a, it's a platform filled with a lot of heavy opinions, but then it just it leads to a lot of waste of time. A lot I've wasted a lot of time on Twitter just arguing with people, and there's no point really. Like at the end of the day. Man, I feel like that's like the moral of the entire story of this podcast is like, yeah, just like, yeah, Twitter as a whole, man, it can be like so toxic, but. Um, it has these upsides, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a complicated thing because like it's a double-edged sword, really, you know what I mean? You know, there's yeah. the positives and the negatives and, you know, if you can leverage your positives and minimize the negatives, then, you know, you're using the platform properly. For sure. For sure. Agree. So we've spoke about a ton of stuff in this episode. It's been a very enjoyable episode for me personally, but I did want to touch upon something. So essentially within the botting community, when you speak about graphics, uh, there isn't, there is a bit of variation these days, but I feel like they all kind of stick to the same similar model when it comes to UI tools, stuff like that. We spoke about a slap, which guys, there will be an opportunity for you guys to get access to that in this episode, by the way, at the end. But with these bots, these tools, these proxy companies, uh, everything mm-hmm. in the middle uh do you ever feel like you have some type of design and restraint because if you compare this to like a hoodie uh creating a yeah. design to print on a hoodie is completely fine you can create anything but when it comes to bots you kind of have to follow the same structure really do you ever feel restraint or is it just like whatever comes to mind you can pop off a new idea every time yeah yeah that's a good question um yeah there's definitely restraints man because like so being a designer, being into like, you know, marketing and you want you want to be able to like promote and 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 present a product that is desirable. Uh, one of like the biggest things about that, uh, doing that successfully is understanding your audience. Right. So like, who are your users? Who are who are the people that are your potential, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, customers? Right. So um yeah man like being like just a creative person it is restrictive um so i guess what i'm trying to say is like a lot of this stuff looks the exact same right like everything's everything's dark mode uh every you know no offense to anybody listening to this but like every logo is like a planet or a robot or like you know like shout out the bot talk but yeah (laughs) there's a very there's a similar theme you know like uh you know very gradient heavy like everything which is dope dude like that's the shit that i like love designing the most like i'm a fan of that like kind of design style as well um but it's cool like sometimes i'll try to like go out and like do something a little bit different um like with palace bot like the ui like uh i know some people were fans some people kind of like didn't like it um but yeah just like trying to like at least to keep like myself creatively like interested and like satisfied um i do like to go outside of the box as much as i can um but then at the end of the day man like people want a certain kind of aesthetic 
Um, and you kind of have to stick within those limits. Like I, I've definitely done work for like, uh, you know, owners of products and, and I've gotten feedback like, yo, this isn't really like the vibe we're looking for. Um, and then after I like kind of do some revisions, I end up like understanding like, oh, they just want it to like, it makes sense. They want it to look like the other successful products, right? Like everyone kind of wants to be associated with that, but it doesn't bother me too much, man. Because like, like I said, like in my personal life, in my professional life, I'm, I'm designing like boring ass software uh, that has no spice or flavor or swag at all. So like being able to sign off on that stuff and then come home and like, I mean, dude, a lot of the stuff is like, it is like really awesome to design. So it is restricting, I would say, but um, I still enjoy it. And I still like love, I love like the vibe of it still like aesthetically. Um, but yes, it's interesting. Right. Like you'll, you'll see like, like things like Mbot, like, or what's a better example? Like um, even like Kickmoji, like, like the very illustrative style, like you'll see like that, it's interesting because like, if you do that route, uh, your product like will stick out. And if your product is like a good product that has success, uh, that is positioned correctly, like it can really be beneficial for you to like go a different route. Like, I feel like that happened with palace bot, like that UI people are like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I mean, it's not like too radical of a, of, a you know, uh, like concept that UI, but, it was different enough that were people were like, whoa, this kind of looks different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I 100% understand what you mean. I mean, these companies, they don't really want to go outside the box, really. Like, yeah. if it works, it works. The model works. No one really wants to experiment too much. But there is an argument to be made where if you experiment and you hit the ball right, like, yeah. it could pop off. We've seen plenty of examples of that. We've yep. seen, like, re I think Restock World was the first ever type of, like, planet design. I may be wrong. Yeah, but yeah. That started a whole um, type of design wave of planets. and For sure. You know, there's, like, Orbit. I'm pretty sure Orbit's, like, a planet as well. Like, Orbit yeah. EU, the bot. But, you know, it is definitely something to pay attention to because what the question is, what is the next wave going to be? And who's going to get on it first. It's kind of interesting because you always think that yeah. like we've done everything. What else is there to do? And then someone pops off a new design. So it's like, it's going to be interesting to see what people come up with. There's new graphic designers popping off every day. Like with sure. the companies I work with, I have to like have a very tight roster of people that do give away graphics for me, do normal graphics videos. And bro, I'm always bumping into new people. Like for I sure. I thought my roster was pretty big, but now there's plenty of people popping off. And if you're genuinely interested in creation, then designing should come pretty easily to you. And I've seen sure. plenty of people just pick it up very easily. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like a couple YouTube videos and uh, yeah, I mean, dude, like some people just have like a, a personal touch too. Like it doesn't, I don't know. You, you ever meet somebody that's just like somehow, like it pisses you off because they're like somehow like just naturally good at whatever they whatever they like kind of set forth to do yeah um, I, i've seen definitely like yeah definitely it's... like young new designers that uh that i've you know encountered um mm -hmm. who are like swagging it out dude like give them a couple years and like 
I will throw in the towel because like some of the stuff these like younger generation of, of designers are coming up with, like, I don't know, man, makes me feel like a boomer. Bro, literally, <laughs> like some of these like younger people are like, yeah. when you're younger, your brain works differently. I know I'm 17, mm-hmm. but like generally speaking, your brain is just a lot more adaptive. Mm-hmm. That's why you see like, obviously this is a very, very big example, but like you see babies learning different languages because their brain's more receptive to learning things. It's easier. As you get older, it's harder to learn new things. And you know, that always comes down to the person, but there's a lot of potential within the community. And you know, if you look back yeah. two years ago, there wasn't as many graphic designers back then as there is now. Like there's tons now. And mm-hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. it's interesting I mean I'm excited for the next wave because in my opinion I feel like when it comes to videos I think when it comes oh, to yeah. videos we've kind of hit I don't know if we've hit the ceiling I'm interested to hear your opinion but like I feel like most of the videos are very similar to each other at this point I mean yeah are we, are yeah we that's close to the ceiling I'd say yeah yeah that's interesting you say that like uh yeah, we're reaching a point where like everyone's uh internet speed is obviously like uh it's it's very it's still it's like it's now within reason for like a lot of your posts can can be video based, right? Like and that goes that goes way beyond like sneaker Twitter. Like you scroll the timeline for any industry and like it's all video ads, like Instagram video ads. Um yeah, so sneaker video ads like uh like announcements and promo videos and shit like yeah they all kind of follow the same formula um but if you think about it bro like uh so i think we we are hitting like some kind of ceiling but i think once someone breaks that ceiling um i mean we're looking at like it's video dude like you could like turn on your tv and watch a commercial it might have been scout it might have been trey and scout um but like having like professional voiceovers, right? So like instead of uh, like it all being text based, like introducing, you know, yada yada yada, uh, it's actually like someone talking to you. Um, who knows, man? Like if this industry keeps growing, like there could be like people literally hiring advertising studios to set up a entire commercial for a bot that like has like interviews and you know like real people in them you know what i mean like yeah it, it definitely could, get, could move that it could get nuts i mean it's interesting because like obviously the community itself is pretty reserved there's not a huge amount of marketing needed if when it comes to like an established right. bot they just drop copies it sells on 15 seconds you know like right but i feel like the capabilities can definitely grow because you know you're seeing bots that are always in stock that are very solid that's That's a very interesting point yeah i mean like bro give it maybe another year i predict we'll come back to this in year and we'll see if we're right if i'm I'm (laughs) right here but like i predict a lot more bots that's gonna go always in stock because the developer standard can create these types of bots that firstly doesn't create such a detrimental effect on the site firstly but secondly can maintain a bot and leverage their reputability to sell a product and yeah I th- the stigma of all in stock always in stock bots i feel like will eventually go away because obviously at the mo- at the moment the most popular business model is out of stock all the time group buys here yeah. and there they drop but i feel like it's just going to move towards always in stock 
heavy marketing because bro like we're on twitter no one really t- has tapped into instagram ads here in my opinion anyway. oh that yeah bro like there's a ton of money there and oh you know, yeah the people that get there first and utilize it properly are going to be getting the money so it's going to be interesting to see where everything goes yeah i think that's such an interesting like thing to think about man like like you see slap just went general release and and you know like i've been involved in some of those conversations and you know i'm just a designer like i'm not too big of a business-minded person um but yeah it's super interesting to like think like all right well what's the argument for making this limited um and obviously there is an an argument there um because like if if there's only a, a certain amount of stock so um you know if if yeah so that argument like is very interesting to me and and almost to the point where like i don't want to go on record and like say my opinion on like which side i'm really on there but it's fascinating to me um yeah and i guess like i guess like that's where i'm at with it but i i think you're very correct and then and then it does also like solve a lot of problems because right like say every single bot is now general release like we wake up tomorrow every single bot is in stock so now like the only thing that can really like set your like the only thing that's gonna like set your bot apart is success like which bot if if now the level the like the playing field is now completely level, like who cooks Supreme, like who cooks Shopify, like like it would be a crazy 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 thing to happen. But I could I could see it happening. I think the issue with that is that if in that scenario every bot were to go GR, the sites so the use the the, the yeah. users getting the bots would pressure the sites so much and it'd be so For much sure. easier to bot these sites but i definitely like the idea of a level playing field you know what i mean i yeah. feel like i'll go on record and say my opinion is that bro if the bot works the bot works you know what i'm saying it's just whether yep. it's in stock out of stock whether you've got i don't know do whatever to get it you've got the bot like i'm yep. not too particular when it comes i'll in, I still invest the same amount of money and have the same expectations when i'm using in stock but whether it's I'm using Cybersaw, whether I'm using uh, Swift, yep. you know, it is where it is at the end of the day. So I'm interested to see where everything goes. I think, you know, this conversation is going to spark some discussions. I always get DMs about this, about what we speak about. Yeah. I'm very interested to see what people say about this because the future is something within this community that we've, we can never predict. We couldn't have predicted this two years ago. Two years from now, it's going to literally blow my mind to see what's about, like, it's gonna be interesting. yeah yeah man that's why i'm like kind of ner- that's such a controversial subject that um but it's it's fascinating dude and, and yeah man time will tell we we will see it's also like super dope to like have a super limited bot at the same time you know what i mean like we, we saw what happened with palace bot like that was like super dope that there were like only a handful of bots that were kind of cooking the site um eventually it gets clipped but like yeah like i mean does does supreme get clipped in like one week if like i don't know if Um, all of a sudden there's two million people botting supreme with the same fucking um you know yeah to give a hint to the viewers we touched upon palace bot there we potentially will be having an episode with them very soon to address the elephant in the room we're not going to speak about (laughs) it here but, but you know 
just to end off today's episode, we spoke about the future quite a bit, and I feel like it's the best way to end it off. For you personally, mm-hmm. what are your plans for the future? Yeah, man. So uh, I'm super excited. Uh, you know, kind of after that whole, uh, you know, me getting my foot wet in PR work um, and it kind of going kind of hairy quick, um, there were some opportunities that I was able to take advantage of. Uh, some people like just believed in me enough to give me a chance with that so honestly man i'm kind of like looking a lot more into um like expanding into pr and marketing so like not only not only like will i uh you know design what your product looks like and feels like and and how users interact with it um but also like taking a full 360 view of like managing how we're presenting your product to the market um and not just writing tweets but you know being in that in the background understanding like um how to tap into like all the marketing avenues etc so um right now i'm working with uh the society uh and this other up and coming uh tool set that has an uh all-in-one coming soon called koi solutions um so yeah man i've been really enjoying like just you know doing like a more of a full 360 of, of you know pr and marketing um but then i also have uh, a really banger UI uh, coming out soon. Um, it should be before 2021. Um, the developers are kind of quiet on like when it's going to drop, um, but I'm super excited about it. I think that's going to make a lot of noise. Uh, and the current users of that product, um, I'm, I'm just like super happy for them because because they're about to have something real special. So yeah, when you shared it to me, like yeah. who you're doing it for. Bro, they're yeah. gonna, cause like, I'm not even gonna say anything. I haven't even said anything to anyone, but when those users see the new UI, they're just gonna be like, they're gonna freak I, out. Like, thank you, bro. Bro, like, I've even seen the UI, and I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm definitely gonna make sure I'm vocal about that when it drops. But, guys, we're wrapping up today's episode. I personally feel like this was a very good episode. We talked about a lot of stuff. However, to end off today's episode, I need you guys to do two things. Actually, three things. Check out the sponsor for today's episode. They will all be down below. The second thing, check out Jailbroke Tesla on Twitter. I'll leave all his stuff down there. I'll leave his portfolio there if you guys want to check him out as well. And the final thing, you have a bunch of prizes in this episode during the special event. Now we're going to cut to a clip of me explaining how all these uh, special prizes are going to drop. You guys can follow them through. Go ahead and yourself some prizes. Good luck, guys.